I'm Brandon Carey. I'm Jason Grady. This is the Medic Class Citizen Podcast. Welcome back. So we're going to kind of pick up where we left off last week when we had the honor and privilege of sitting down at the table with Adam Morgan of the Philadelphia Phillies. First off, we want to give a shout out to Adam and thank him again for his time. Um, it was just an incredible opportunity to learn from somebody who has been through very similar situations as a paramedic, but just from a different perspective. So again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly encourage you to go back and listen as we were able to learn from Adam some techniques on dealing with stress on, on just in general about professionalism. And it was really cool to be able to see the common ground between EMS providers and a professional athlete and what we can take away from that. So go ahead and listen to the rest of the conversation. We really hope that you get some good stuff out of this because we know that we did. All right. And without further ado, here we go. So how long have you been in the major leagues? Um, I debuted in 2015. Okay. So take us, take us back to that first time. I mean, certainly as a kid, you're dreaming about what is that like to walk out on the mound in front of a billion people, you know, whatever, 40, 50,000 in the stadium, another hundreds of thousands on TV. What is that feeling like for the first time? How did you get over those nerves? I mean, obviously you probably don't get over the nerves right away, but mm-hmm. tell us what that feeling is like out there, every, all of your training, all of your preparation, your entire life has led to this. Yeah, it, it's it's surreal. It is abs. I mean, it is. I can't even describe it. it. It's putting myself in that situation again. I just go numb. Like my whole body mm-hmm. is is numb. Um, some of the best advice I ever got was from a guy in AAA that I was playing with, who had been in the big leagues a couple years before, and he said, "Don't look up." And I was like, don't look up. He goes, you know, every stadium that you play in in the minor leagues only has two decks. <laughs> but, <laughs> but all the big league stadiums have three to four. And he said, don't oh, look man. up, you know. And, you know, he proceeded to say after that, he goes, remember, it's still 60 feet, six inches. But the feeling of going out there and the emotions that you have, it, it's it's surreal. I mean, you, you go out there and you just worry about the first pitch. For me, it was the first pitch. If I if I could just get that first pitch somewhere in the vicinity of the plate, <laughs> I figured I'd be all right. <laughs> but if I air melted to the net, I don't know if there's any recovering from that. <laughs> you make Sports Center, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah, not yeah. top ten. Um, but it it is it is it's crazy and it makes everything worth it all the all the struggle all the all the times that you went through where you're like down in the dumps and you needed four or five guys to just and your family to pick you up out of the out of the gutter i mean it's it makes it all worth it it, it makes rooming with six dudes in a two-bedroom apartment on air mattresses and pull-out couches it makes it all worth it living off pb and j's and eight-hour bus rides and the ac goes out and you're stopping on the side of the road to fix a bus i mean it makes it all worth it everything and that's that's what a lot of people don't understand and that may may be the same for you guys like a lot of people don't understand all the the tedious work that goes in and all the stories and all the kind of suffering that you go through 
in hopes of making it and hopes of making it like it's not for certain that you're going to make it so all that stuff nobody really sees like like i said living off pb and j's and and cheetos and gatorade for seven months out of the year making below minimum wage and trying to put a roof over your head and living with your parents longer than you want to live with your parents <laughs> and you finally make it and, it and it is all worth it and that's kind of what fuels my fire is i never want to go back mm. i never want to go back there and so you actually fall back to your training again and do those things so you don't have to do it again yeah so so in that moment Let's let's talk about again on the mound. Let's say high stress situation, high pressure. You're not looking up. You know you, you, you've learned that, and you're trying to focus. You're like, all right, I know this is a intense. You know this this is my moment. Mm-hmm. How do you clear your head? How do you say, all right, I'm going to focus on this one thing, and I'm going to get it done because this is what I got to do. How do you what do you, what are your steps? So. I don't know. This 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 works for me, and it may be kind of out in left field or right field, whatever you want to say. It's it. I love being in water. I love swimming. I love holding my breath. I love going out on the boat. I just love being on water. So we um, we have a pool in in spring training, and it's very <laughs> childish of me, but I try to hold my breath as long as I can. And I'll time myself on my watch. And believe it or not, last year I got a minute and 47 seconds. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, so, but that being said, I, I, I go down there and it's peaceful to me. It, it's quiet. Can't hear anything. You just hear your heartbeat and you count your heartbeat. And that kind of like calms me down. And talking to a couple uh, mental skills coaches that are in and out of the organization that, um, you know, you kind of meet along the way because... M- the mental side of baseball is ninety uh, percent of it, mm. and um, they were like, why, "Why don't you take that on in the mound?" I was like, "All right, I'll give it a shot." So I go out there, high pressure situation. I usually come um, coming into the game with a lefty or to face a lefty, and there'll be runners on second and third, bottom of the eighth, and we're winning by one run Mm. and like Freddie Freeman comes up there all I do is I take a breath I try to hold it for two three seconds until I can hear my heartbeat and then once I hear my heartbeat I know that I'm relaxed Mm. and I focus on the mitt and aim small miss small and whatever happens happens and luckily it's, it's worked out for me for this song but I think Whatever kind of ritual, routine that you have to get yourself in the zone, it doesn't matter how stupid you think it is or how lame you think it is. Whatever works for you is going to work for you because I could probably ask you guys the same thing and you give me two different answers. I say L-O-C-A-B-C over and over and over and over <laughs> in my head. So how have you how have you matured throughout the years? Um, you know, certainly your mentality and your stress level has changed mm-hmm. a little bit. But how is how have you number one? How have you matured, and how has that changed your has your has your preparation changed over the years as you've been in situations that maybe you went 
ooh, I wasn't as prepared for this situation as I could be. Did that change your preparation after the game or moving forward? Absolutely. I, I think that that's, I think that's part of learning. I think that, you know, you don't know how to deal with a problem if you've never faced it before. Um, You can hear stories from, you know, 10-year vets who come in and say, well, I was here, I did that, I was here, I did that. But you'll never understand or or know how to act until you're in that situation. Um, I think the preparation side, uh, the older I get, the more I realize that you need to start investing in your body because baseball season's long. It's 162 games plus a postseason. You need to be you need to be a rubber band. I mean, you need to be out there ready to go every single day. So the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is investing in your body, and that whether that means um, eating right, throwing every single day, not throwing every single day, the volume of throws. Um, how you, uh, I mean, what what you do on the weekends, how your how you know your rest, monitoring your sleep, uh, everything like that. I think that the more that I get into this game, the more seasons I play, the more I realize that you need to invest in your body. And, and the off season comes, you need to you need to relax. Let me ask you something about something that I feel EMS has has been weak on mentorship we in the past we've kind of eaten our young mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak yeah in in baseball how big of a deal is it to have a mentor that says hey man let, let me guide you through this you're, you're you're new at this let me guide you through because now uh, a preceptor is what we call them in ems that is utmost importance you know that can that can make or break your career and mm-hmm. as a paramedic is it the same thing in baseball it is it it is and you're very very lucky lucky to have a mentor um my mentor was jeff francor he he told me how to told me how to dress on the plane told me where to sit on the bus told me where to Mm. you know eat after the games when to get in line after the games when to shower when to take breaks when to you know I need to take extra reps. I've been sitting at my chair in my locker for a while. He was the one who kind of guided me into how to be a professional. Now, on the flip side of that, it's so hard sometimes to, I wouldn't say be a mentor, but when you think about it, you're mentoring somebody that wants to take your job. And that was that's a hard pill for me to swallow because I'm trying to keep a roof over my family's head. Well, they're trying to take that away from me. But having a mentor is you, you kind of keep that, wouldn't say keep it to yourself, but you want to pass some of those principles that he, that, that you were taught down to somebody else. And, and as long as you do that, you'll keep the integrity of the game. And what I love about everything you just said, it you barely talked about being on the field. Everything no, you talked no. about was being off the field. Mm-hmm. What what like you said, what you do on the plane, how you dress, man, that that is crucial. It is crucial to have a mentor to be able to pour into somebody and be like, hey, this is this is how you hold yourself in this profession. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think you know 
some of the simplest things that I always did growing up is, you know, I think I told you this story is taking care of, uh, taking care of your equipment, taking care of your cleats. Um, I, before every game that I started, I would always, uh, clean my cleats and I would clean them good and make sure that they, you know, they were in tip top shape and, you know, oil my glove and make sure that that's, that's taken care of. And I think that that has taught, that has taught me a valuable lesson in a sense of respect the game and the game will respect Hmm. you. And now, now the, the clubhouse guys, the clubbies are, are packing your bags for you, are cleaning your cleats, are cleaning your equipment, are tying your glove if it's loose or broke. And it's easy to get caught up in that. But when you have a mentor who's like, pack your own bag, mm. <laughs> or he'll tell the club, he's like, don't clean his cleats. See how he likes them after a rainy game and, and they're crusted over the next day and they're soggy the next day. Like, see how he likes it. Like, don't forget where you came from kind of deal. Oh, absolutely. There's something that we have in the EMS service that I think is, it's a good culture that's being cultivated and that is servant leadership. Do you have anybody in mind? Has there has there been anybody, you know, I know you talked about Jeff Francoeur, but is there anybody that comes to your mind that's like, hey man, he serves people and in turn he's been he he's leading them? Um Yeah, I mean there was a catcher that we had in two thousand seventeen, AJ Ellis. Uh he's known for catching all of Kershaw's games and yeah. and uh he was one that not only I felt like he took me under his wing, but he took everybody under his wing as well. I mean, and being a catcher, you got to manage a pitching staff and you got to know where these the infielders are placed and where the outfielders are and who the batter is. And he's got to know who's on the mound, how he's going to face this batter call the game, make sure, hey, fastball's inside, watch it right side, giving them a sign, giving a sign to me, making sure that the guy on second base doesn't see the signs or relay the signs. I mean, he he was just the ultimate, to me, the ultimate professional. Everything about that guy, and I think that you can ask guys around the league and they'll say, you know, the same things that I'm saying, that he was just a, a stand-up dude. What you see is what you got, and there was no... There's no frills about him. I mean, he's he's made a lot of money, but he would hang out with the rookies. Mm. And, I mean, yeah, pay for meals and maybe get him a suit or something like that. But that goes back to, you know, taking care of, hopefully, years down the road, you're buying a suit for somebody else, a, a rookie, or mm. you're buying their, their breakfast. And that kind of keeps, you know, keeps the game going, keeps the, I, I, the brotherhood. I guess would be a good word for it, the, the brotherhood of the game. I want to, want to go go back to this, and I know you said you said I think you said your dad taught you of having a short term memory is just absolutely wonderful. But at the professional level, you guys are under, uh, as Brandon said, you guys are under the same physical stress. I mean, the same physical things that are happening to us. Mm-hmm. in the medical field are happening to you. And I, and I know you say that uh, it's a lot more for us. I, I don't know what it's like to stand on the mound with all those people watching, knowing, especially as a pitcher. I mean, if you're, you know, you're playing second base, 
maybe a ball's never hit to you and you, you don't have any there's no, the game the outcome of the game isn't going to change on you but as a pitcher man everybody everybody is looking to you Mm-hmm. What what do you guys go through? You know, you have you know we've all seen you know the pit you know the, the Braves. We you know we talked about this. You know, Mark Waller is one of the you know potential best closers to ever play the game. Just went through such a rough patch that he really had a difficult time recovering from that. At at the professional level, when you go through a rough patch like that, how do you get back on track? Men, and, and mentally, not not necessarily mm-hmm. just physically, but just mentally, how do you get back to that? Uh, I think you just, it's really hard, but I think that you just kind of drown out all the noise. Um, for me, I've told Brandon this, I'm such a simple guy that cutting the grass and drinking a beer and grilling a steak makes me so happy. Seeing my daughter run around and go down the slide and Rachel's taken care of and I'm throwing the ball for my dog, Huck. Like, those are the little things that make me happy. So when you realize those things and you kind of, I keep saying it, like, be where your feet are and take each day as it comes. I think that, that that's how you get over it. If you get caught up what's on uh, Twitter or, or what you see on Instagram or you're reading uh, an article that one of the beat writers just smashed you on and then you you go out on the town and, you know, people are looking out looking at you and you're you're with your wife and your daughter and they're just like, pointing and staring and shaking their head and I mean you get caught up in that it is going to be it's going to be hell I mean it's going to be you're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper into that hole and I think that I mean I go back to it a lot of a lot of guys get lost Mm. and they try to change this or change that or um try to try to do something that that is beside them you know, it's not, it's not them. And I think that that's one of the things that, that can get you into deep trouble. But I think that if you fall back on your training, you know how your body feels and you know what feels good and you're not listening to with being respectful, everybody trying to tell you, Hey, you should do this or you should do that. Or I think you should try this or try that. You start doing all that. That's just more pressure on you more in your head more on the mental side it's it's taxing you you can't go home and just relax because you're laying in bed thinking about it and that 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 is probably the most toxic thing that you could do is just start listening to everybody else and i can i can relate i've been the guy multiple times where i wasn't where my feet were i would say man you know what I would find reasons, pay, 24-hour shifts, call volume. I would find reasons to not be where my feet were. And I'd say, hey, I'm going to go to nursing school. I want to go to PA school. But, man, that is profound. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely profound. Be where your feet are. That's great. Yeah. I think a lot of people are going to be able to to take away from that. I mean, it's so easy when when times get rough. I mean, it's so easy to say, Okay, well, you know, my plan B was this, or in your case, well, I'm just going to go to nursing school. I'm going to go to this or go to that. You know, this isn't for me. But I think that, like we said, you you take it on the chin one day. I mean, everything is not going to be perfect. I mean, you take it on the chin one day and, and wake up the next day. And my dad, oh, my dad always says this, and he always texts me the next day, and he's like, "Hey, the sun came up." 
And I'm like, gosh, I know, Dad. <laughs> I know. But, but when Rachel's having a bad day or, or one of my buddies, I find myself saying that to them the next day. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, it just... It's just, it, it's so easy to quit and it's so easy to just say that, hey, this isn't for me, but I, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's hard for me to quit. It's hard for me to give it up because I know there there's still a fire inside of you that is like, you know, it, you want to conquer it. You get beat. You take the loss. That almost fuels my fire even more. Mm get you out of bed every morning yeah uh, absolutely well that's one thing that jason talks about jason he he speaks with the paramedic students a lot about what gets you up out of bed mm-hmm. like what is it that i mean talk about that a little bit yeah and so you know like you say what gets you what's you what gets you out of bed it's not just for ems or or athletes or lawyers or anything because you're going to be faced with hardships you're going to be faced with people that don't like you you struggle to get along with them. Maybe for you, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've only heard the, I mean, the, the stories of coming out of, of uh, the minor leagues of never knowing, are you going to make it to that next level? Am I still doing what the, I mean, I still love doing it, but man, it's just not working out either financially or it's just not looking like I'm going to make it to the next level. You just want to quit. But if you go back to the, you know, in the, you know, the, the term that, that uh, that comes to mind, you know, in, in Japanese, it's called Ikigai, which is just the Japanese word for, you know, what defines you, what gets you out of bed, mm-hmm. um, what at the core of your being, why do you do what you do? And I remember, um, you know, one of my mentors, um, Dr. Jeff Marshall, um, and who has now been able to mentor um, my kids and he said to my um, my oldest son, who's actually in medical school now, he said a lot of people that a lot of doctors have said, don't go into medicine. You know, it's it's just not a great field. And what he told him, he said, uh, well, one of the things they said was, you're not going to make the money that we used to make. And, you know, we got all these issues to deal with. And he he just took Zach aside and he said, you know what, if you do this because you love it, then it's going to be OK. Mm-hmm. It's not going to matter what comes after that, do what you love, do what you're called to do. And the rest are going to have ups and downs, but mm-hmm. I love the, you know, the short-term memory, the, um, you know, those, those pieces of advice, the sun's going to come up, you know, it's tomorrow's going to come mm-hmm. and Absolutely. either, you know, you can, you can dwell on, on the bad days or you can, be you know, your remember, feet yeah, <laughs> your feet are. remember yeah. why you get up, Um, and I know that we can, uh, you know, we can, we can make our lives seem trivial that, oh, I, you know, I just, I, I play a game. I don't do, I don't do medicine. Um, but I mean, I think you have a lot of impact Mm -hmm. on people. I mean, just some of the things you're saying just translate so well, because I think one of the things that, that we forget that athletes, especially at the professional level, you don't just slack off and become a professional no, athlete. Ever, no. I mean, what we see you play, you know, live and on and, and on TV, we see that what fraction of a percent of what goes into do what you do. And I think that kind of um, that passion, that drive, that dedication, that commitment, that just willpower, you know, if everyone had that, man, this world would be a much better place. Uh, absolutely. I think that you 
You said a lot of good things right there. But one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I said was you, you can't please everybody. Mm. You and another thing, another thing. So that, simple, that, but that, that, rich. <laughs> kind of goes back to you know the the failures is and 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 how you get over those is remembering who you are and and staying true to that because you can't say the right things or or change who you are just for one person. And that one person gets traded, gets released, gets whatever it may be, and they're gone. You're like, well, I did that for nothing because I was only doing that for him. And look how far that got me. You know, I, I think that that's a valuable lesson, too, is, is not being a people pleaser. You can't. I guess the only other question, I mean, the, the one that I had was more on the... Um the team dynamics, like certainly you're an individual who's mm -hmm. supporting your, you know, you, you play not just for the love of the game, but to support your family. Um, you are an individual playing on a team, but how does the, how, how do you change from an individual mentality to a team mentality in that when the team wins, um, we win, you know, in medicine, we, we do this thing where we say, um, well, the, the patient died. Well, it wasn't because of me. Um, I did my thing. You must have done something to, I got him to, to the cause that. Alive. Yeah, I got him to the hospital mm -hmm. alive. Whatever you did with him after that, I can't be responsible for. Like, no, it doesn't matter. The patient didn't survive. You can't call that a win, you know. So you have, uh, you know, we we use the example uh, a couple years ago, the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan had the game of his life, mm -hmm. but they lost the Super Bowl. So can you really, you know, Matt Ryan would never tout that as, hey, look what I did mm -hmm. um, because the team lost. Absolutely. So how does that, how does that translate um, in your world on focusing on the team rather than you as an individual? An example that, that I can think of is you got guys first and second, mm, no outs, bottom of the seventh and you know you're trying to take a series and you have a your five hitter up your five or six hitter up who everybody wants to hit a home run everybody wants to you know trot around the bases look at me look at me well manager calls down to their base coach their base coach gives you the sign it's a blunt sign and the six hole hitter's like, I'm on fire right now. I'm not I'm not gonna bunt. And he steps out, he's like, What? No, no, I mean he he gets the bunt sign and he lays down a bunt and we seven hole hitter comes up, hits a blooper, we win by one run. Nobody's really talking about the bunt. They're talking about the hit. Or even if you're on the other side of that where where you, you take a loss where the the manager makes supposedly the manager makes a wrong call by bunting a guy right there. We win or lose as a team, and you look at you look at the Washington Nationals who just won the World Series, and the way that they started their year, their record was nineteen and thirty one, and and like unbelievable, the, and that right there to me screams. We're doing everything for the team because if those guys started pointing fingers, saying, you know, you're the reason why we lost. You're the reason why we lost this game. You're the reason. I mean, we're 19 and 31. No, they all came together. They all said, listen, we can we can write this ship right now. I mean, we're not even halfway through the season. 
where there's a lot of baseball and everybody knows that the team who's going to win the world series is the team who gets hot at the end it doesn't matter what you did you got to set yourself up stay middle of the pack get to the playoffs but once you get hot it doesn't matter if you're the los angeles dodgers who won or who clinched with like 30 games to go you know like it doesn't it doesn't matter um, you know, the Nationals had their back up against the wall every single series. So to me, and nobody, nobody, nobody was, no, yeah, everybody was like, okay, they're gonna give me wild yeah. card. They're out. Yeah, they won. You know, <laughs> they just kept winning and winning and winning, and that cohesive group won the World Series, and that's that's what it's all about. Is a, is a team is is taking wins and taking losses. And, and winning. Roy Holiday, a um, little short story, Roy Holiday threw, I think it was a no-hitter or a perfect game, and he got interviewed after the game, and he said, you know, my defense was great. The you know We scored a couple of runs. Chooch, my catcher, Carlos Ruiz, put down the greatest fingers that he's ever put down. Like, he, it, it's, a, it's a testament to my team of how well they played. I mean, this is Roy Holiday, one of the greatest pitchers, if not the greatest pitcher of all time. And he's sharing all of the glory, or he's, he's, he's giving everybody else the glory instead of himself. And I can promise you he's going to be the first one when they lose by one run because the third baseman booted a ball or overthrew the ball in first base. He's going to be the first one to say, I should have pitched better. Absolutely. All right. Well, cool. Adam, thanks for coming, man. This was great. I, I think uh, I think a lot of EMS providers are going to be able to pull away, you know, a major league mindset here. Yeah. It's going to be cool. It's going to be very cool. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. Yeah. No, thank you guys for, for inviting me. And, you know, like I said, it, there are some parallels, but you guys are the real heroes. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely. Not. Is that cliche to say? Well, you collectively, not you, Brandon. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, bro, and good luck this year. Yeah, thank you guys. You've been listening to Medic Class Citizen. If you like what you heard, check out our website at www.medicclasscitizen.com. Also, find us on social media where you can follow, like, subscribe, and share. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we also have videos on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.